0: How many of you have seen the movie The Ultimate Gift? If you have not, you need to see it. I'll probably give a spoiler alert a little bit later just to let you all know. In this movie, Grandpa's got a lot of money, but Jason doesn't get a chance to touch any of it unless he gets his heart right. There's a couple things that he needs to learn. When you set up a will or a living trust or something like that, you want to leave something to people that you love. And he wanted to leave them something. But you know, that something, what was it, $100 million, if you got a chance to look at the check there? It can be used so wrong. So much power comes with money. But if your heart is right, you can use that money well. And that's kind of the spoiler alert. You've got to rent that movie, see that movie. Jesus Christ poured out his Holy Spirit in power on his people. If you're not going to use it right, if your heart isn't right, why would he give it to you? Let me ask you a question today. I don't care if you were saved, whatever it is. Where are you at today? In your notes, right at the top, I have heat meets heat. Pull out your phone. I actually did it this morning. went to the Bible app. Go to uh, the events. Pop it up there, whichever way you want. There's a set of sermon notes in your program. Heat meets heat. Here is Paul. He's writing to Timothy, Second Timothy, his last book as best that we know. He's on death row and the guards brought heat to him. Matter of fact, Alexander, one of the works, uh, uh, metalsmiths, Paul said he did great damage to me. Watch out, stay away from him. But though they could bring heat on him, Paul knew how to bring heat down on them. He could bring heat wherever he was at. Listen to what he's saying on death row. He knew something, and he was telling Timothy, this young pastor, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. You get it? A drink offering. Here it is, Pour it out, drink it up, whatever, it's gone. I'm being poured out like a drink offering. going to be gone pretty soon. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now he said that, and it may sound a little self-serving, but he did it because he wanted to say something to you too. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Folks, there's a lot more that Paul was able to accomplish being locked up in prison for years than he could have if he was free. You got a situation you don't like? He's locked up in jail. If he was out, he's talking everywhere he goes. Since he's locked up, he had to write. He wrote more books in the New Testament because he was in a place he didn't want to be, but God wanted him there. If you're in a place you don't want to be, God can use you right there. You better settle in and be used of God. More books in the New Testament than anybody, we got it, because he had to write. He goes on to say, and here's Paul, he he knew how Christians were supposed to live, right? In this world, he knew how to take the heat, and he knew how to give the heat. And he's saying to you as Christians, folks, you're going to take heat in this world. How do you handle it? How do you handle it as a Christian? How do you handle it? What do you do? What do you? He said, you know, I, don't just, I know you're going to take heat, so I want you to be able to dish out the heat. Heat meets heat. And he says in 2 Timothy, all the way back to the first chapter, verse 8 through 10, he says, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Jesus said anybody that is ashamed of him before men that he would be ashamed of you before his father. Those aren't my words. Maybe that goes different on what you believe God is about, but understand, we're going to talk about the triangle power of the Holy Spirit today. And if you are ashamed of Jesus, you can get it fixed today. He knew that there would be heat that was coming. He says, rather join in me suffering for the gospel, but by the power of God, not what you can work up yourself. Verse 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Please underline that. This church believes you can live a holy life. Not because we believe it, but because it's all throughout the Bible. If you got a thesaurus or you got Google or whatever, search the word holy all throughout the scripture and see how many times we're told that we can live a sanctified holy life. Holy simply means different. Are you different than other people around you? You have to be different. This is what God said. He says, not because of anything that we have done we can live this holy life, but of his own purpose and grace. We live holy because of God's grace, which is not just a gift, but it's his power. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, he's brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Man, Jesus was faced with the heat. They brought it on, hung him to the cross, nailed him. But Jesus also brought the heat. He destroyed death. He brought life. He brought immortality with what he did. And Paul now opens his letter to Timothy with saying, I need you to be roaring hot. I need you to be bringing the heat. Are you familiar at all with the fire triangle? Let me have you look at this graphic with me. Some of you that maybe you're engineers or whatever, you know there's this fire triangle. If you're going to have the chain reaction of any kind of a a fire, you need fuel, whether it's oil or whether it's coal or it's uranium at the power plant. You need oxygen and and you need heat that produces this chain reaction. The electrical industry in our country uses some, uh, a, a variety of, of sources in regards to the fuel to create heat, to spin a turbine, to create electricity in all kinds of different ways. You know, the cheaper that they can produce the chain reaction, the cheaper they can deliver electricity to us. But we're not talking about going cheap today because the Holy Spirit has a fire triangle that produces that chain reaction inside of us. Paul knew how to stay burning hot, and in 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7, he says to to Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What is the gift of God? This isn't his spiritual gift. This is the gift. This is what Jesus said, stick around until my Father pours out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does he live inside of you? This is the New Testament version that is now Jesus seated at the right-hand throne of the Father. Every, we sang about it. Every Christian now can have the Spirit of God living inside of you, producing heat With three things, look at verse 7. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is the triangle of the Spirit of God that will produce a burning hot Christian. Are you are you still in with me with the song? We don't want anything. You know, we don't want this to be ordinary. All we want is you. We don't want your blessings. We want you. Here comes the person of the Jesus Christ through his spirit. The gift of God is the Holy Spirit and throughout the Bible he is seen as fire. And these three things produce fire. In the Old Testament, we looked at this last week, they were supposed to have a burning lamp that burned in the sanctuary 24-7, 365 days. They were to never let that oil go out because that represented the presence of God. Has something Began to cool you off today. Let's see if I can get myself lit. Let's see if we can get lit together. Number one, that word power there. We are to be filled with power, not bound with fear. This type of power that this passage scripture is talking about is the opposite of being timid, the opposite of not wanting to speak. And what happens to us? A little bit of fear comes in. Fear has this wonderful quenching power. It quenches the Holy Spirit. Fear makes Christians timid. And Satan prowls around like Peter says to us, like a roaring, lying, trying to get your roaring fire to cool off. He's prowling around looking for somebody that he can he can destroy. He's got a fire extinguisher for your life. It's fear. It'll cause you not to want to say anything about Jesus in front of people. Be at school and say, you know, I'm, if I stand up for Jesus, I'll be mocked. It, I knew a family. They, in public, they, they would never bow their head and thank the Lord for the food in public. I don't know, they were just embarrassed, timid. Little things. You know the only difference between you bowing your head and saying thanks and somebody else that doesn't? They both get to eat, right? They both get to be full, right? They both pay. And that, the only difference is, is the person who thanks Jesus. The only person, the only difference, somebody recognizes where it comes from, the other people, I did this myself. Worked, paid for it, and I'm eating. Filled with power and not with fear. Even after a person is saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit, there can still be things that will come. It will start to give us a little bit of fear, start to get us to back down a little bit, tries to take a Christian down a little bit. Would you ask yourself a question, as I've been preparing and asking myself, am I fearful to talk about Jesus in front of somebody, and if so, why? You know, sometimes family is the hardest. I am not telling anybody here to be a Jesus jerk where you basically just hit everybody in the head. You need Jesus, you're going to hell. You have to have wisdom, you have to have love, but you have to have courage to be able to kindly say to somebody when they're heading down a bad path or they don't know Christ, do you know what Christ did for you? Are you experiencing it? Would you possibly consider this passage of scripture? I was uh, in a a store that was owned by a a business that was owned by a a Christian, and that Christian, the music that they play there, the person and people that he talks to, his employees and stuff like that all the time, we we talked to two people. One, as I was standing there, he's talking to one of them about getting saved. The other one who knows that the, the owner goes to church He's getting ready to have a a take, I'm not sure what the right wording is, take possession of, adopt his nephew. And he says, my nephew needs help. Uh, 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 He needs more than what I can do. Uh, Where's your church at, you know? The guy, business guy, pulled out a card and handed it to him. I'm standing there watching, just like, you know, awesome. Are you afraid? Are you timid? You want power? This isn't power for miracles, that's a great thing. This is power to speak on Jesus' behalf. Has something caused you to cre- become timid? The Holy Spirit wants to give us a power to live and to speak our faith. Today, we're gonna open the altar today. We're gonna just give you an opportunity. You know what the altar's about in the Bible. God says, hey, come meet me here. You come, he comes. It's a great place to talk to him. It's not the only place, but it's a, it's a really cool place. It's a special place. So today at the altar, maybe you and I, maybe we would ask Jesus, could you douse the fear and fan the flame of the gift of your spirit in me so I'm not ashamed to talk about you? Number two, that second in that, uh, that tri-power pack there was power and then love. This passage says we are to be filled with love, not bound by bitterness. The opposite of love is hatred, but you know, I don't really find a lot of Christians who are filled with hate, but I find a lot of Christians who have things, that, and they're trying to temper it a little bit, and it turns into bitterness. And you know, the Bible says, don't even let a root of bitterness take place. Because on the surface, it could be away, but down deep, that root is still there, and that bitterness is still there. It's a cautious thing, no matter how deep you grow or how close you grow to Jesus Christ, you are not immune to being hurt and to having somebody hurt your feelings. No matter how long you've walked with Jesus, you're not immune to being hurt. We live in a hard and a very cynical world. And it, it can come to you too. i do not want somebody acting like they're super spiritual, and I don't want to act like I'm super spiritual. But in our hard, cynical world, Jesus cries out to you, you can be filled with my love, if you have his spirit don 't try to love somebody by. I talk about this several times a year when i 'm in a situation where I just don 't want to love or you know, somebody, I go to the well i got a passage of scripture i teach I taught on it about two months ago romans five five The love of God has been poured out in evan nunley 's heart. the love of God by the Holy Spirit, therefore. I, at that point, when I feel, I don't try to love somebody with my own love. I surrender, and I ask God by faith. You said you put it in with me. Now help me to love. In 1 Corinthians 13, where you always hear, you know, at weddings, love is patient, love is kind. Love holds no record of wrong. That's not something you work up on steroids. That is, that is Holy Spirit love that is holy spirit love my grandpa lived on zeman avenue in euclid and every summer on the weekends i'd go there and help him with his garden and uh, and he taught me how to pull roots out you know there's this root of bitterness and there's roots of weeds and he would tell me you can't just go there and just you can't just pop it off you have to go and you have to grab it as deep as you can and normally the ground would be a little wet is your heart a little soft today and he would say, you just take it and you, you pull and you just kind of circle a little bit, circle a little bit. So you want to be able to pull the whole root out of the ground if you take your time and pull it. But if not, if you go going to just pop it, you know, you're know, you going to leave the roots in there and then you've got to dig it out. And today, do you want the root out of what is bugging you, of what is causing bitterness in you? It comes by the infilling of his love not with you working up whatever it is that you can do. If you find yourself empty of the love of God and filled with bitterness, it's time to go to the never-ending source, the well of the love of Jesus Christ. Today at the altar, ask Jesus to cleanse you of bitterness and to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he will gently pull it. Just let him keep pulling it until he pulls it out by the roots and fills you with love. Number three, We're to be filled with self-control and not bound by selfishness. That's why the third in the tri-pack is self-discipline. This is self-control. It's the opposite of selfishness. Now, the natural person that is born, man and woman, the natural human being, you are born with a tendency to narcissism, which is basically a big fancy word for life is about me. Go to anything that you want and think about it. If you, you know, if you don't know Christ, your basic tendency is to do anything and everything and maneuver it so that it benefits you. I, I went to the, the music industry a little bit. Take any industry you want. I went to the music industry, right? I, I, I looked up a couple different songs by a couple different artists, you know? It's amazing how narcissistic it all is. Like, it's way back in my day, you know, Tom Jones, I did it my way. The whole song, I did it my way. You do it your way, eternal damnation is yours. I I looked up a little bit here. Taylor Swift seemed to be, I don't know, such a good young lady at a certain time, but now she's just, I don't know, she's got this song out called Blank Space. She tells a new love interest that, quote, I could show you incredible things, magic, madness, heaven, sin, unquote. Your kids ain't listening to this crap, are they? Sorry about that. Yeah, She alludes to special power she has at reading people and, quote, making the bad guys good for a weekend. You understand what that's saying? Well, how about, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Right said Fred. Did I say that right, Daniela? Right, said Fred. How about his song? I'm too sexy. I'm too sexy. That's the name of his song. Why are you hiding your face? You got that on your playlist? (laughs) What is this guy singing about? I'm too sexy for my shirt. I'm too sexy for your party. His car, Daniela, his cat. And he was even too sexy for this song. We laugh about it. It's a little bit funny. But this is what people write. And we're not picking on them because we're just around the corner from all this. Oh, how about Lady Gaga? Lady Dodo. <laughs> what she wears is just like, oh, she doesn't want attention. She wrote this song, Applause. She always wants to be on stage. She has these uh, a seeker approval, soaking up the accolades, and, the, and, and her life is basically, a quote, the way that you cheer and scream for me. Impatiently, she demands, look at me. Man, i am got to gouge my eyeballs out looking at that thing. And i got to confess to you, the Rolling Stones, I did not know what under my thumb meant until about a year ago. I did not listen to the words under my thumb. Do you know what it is? It's it's this narcissistic boast that had changed this girl from, from her being, you know, from him being under her thumb to all of a sudden, she's under his thumb. Quote, the squirming dog who's just had her day now talks uh, when spoken to. She dresses how he requires and keeps her eyes to herself while he's oogling other women. Where's the liberal feminist about that song? But you know what? Except for the power of the Spirit of God in our lives, We'll make everything about ourselves. These people, they don't claim to be Christians. We could laugh at them, use them, whatever. But this is us without Christ. This is me. This is you without Christ. The Holy Spirit takes us and gets us away from selfishness and gives us self-discipline. We were born with the tendency to narcissists, and we kind of click our tongues at people that do these kind of songs. Why don't we use it to challenge our own hearts and see where we are at today? If we're going to live the Spirit filled life, we must have the Holy Spirit in us, teaching us not to live for self and everything for the pleasure and the purpose of us. How is your self control? How is your self control? How is it among what you can make in and of your own will and the fact the Holy Spirit helps you? Can, can you turn the TV off or change the channel when something's on you know shouldn't be? If you have the Spirit of God speak to you and say, you know, you're watching a little bit too much, so why don't you turn it off and just spend about 15, 20 minutes. Your the Holy Spirit ever say that to you? Watching a little bit too much TV? Do you have the self-control to turn it off or do you have to keep it on and watch the calves loose? I mean, how's yourself? I talked to somebody this past week. They got a really nasty text to a mom about her son. You never mess with a mom. That's like messing with a bear with her baby cub. And she got this nasty text, and she said, Evan, I put my thumbs on it, and she heard, don't do it. Don't do it. That's the Holy Spirit helping give us some discipline. Don't do it. You hear that? You listen to the Holy Spirit, how's your discipline? I mean, how's your self-control? Is it all you, or are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? Joseph in the Old Testament had Pharaoh's wife say, here I am, take me. And he ran. Are you smart enough to stay away from what tempts you? Are you smart enough to stay away? To run? The Bible says run, flee temptation, flee Satan. We have a children's ministry here and probably the greatest thing I could say about all of those involved in children's ministry, we have a couple down there today and Betty and so many other people. The number one thing that they have today is selflessness because they'd like to be up here. They'd like to be in the worship music. They'd like to be here in the message but they don't think of themselves. They're disciplined enough to say, let me think of others. Why don't you join the selfless group of teachers. Attack Betty was saying, oh, I want to serve in the children's ministry. It's what helps us grow and reach people. So without self-discipline, we are utter failures as Christians. At the altar today, you may need to pray a specific prayer. Maybe you're in bondage to selfishness and you know it and maybe the Holy Spirit just put his finger on and says, let's deal with that today. Now, I have in your notes that hot is good, Right? Hot is good. It's nice when your team gets hot. I'm sorry, Cavs. Not, unlike the Cavaliers. It's nice when a team gets hot, right? That's a good thing. It's nice when a nice evening when you've got a fire going and you can't wait for the heat to come off of it to get hot because you can sit there and warm up by it. It's nice when it's a nice, cold, northeast Ohio day and you st- my wife has a remote start on her car. She starts it up because she likes to get in it and it's hot. She works second shift. She works as a nurse, and, and it's nice to go out there because heat is a good thing. And for a Christian, heat is what makes you a Christian. Heat and fire is what comes from Christ. This is why this triangle spirit comes from the gift of God. We're not to be timid. We're supposed to be powerful with our mouth and not afraid or timid and full of love for unlovely people that outweighs the bitterness in our lives, and we are to be self-disciplined instead of self-ish. The asterisk in your note just simply asks a very simple question, something to just search your heart. You know, are you burning hot for Jesus? Are you roaring hot? Or have you become lukewarm? In regards to these areas, the natural tendency of a fire is to go out you got to keep stoking it with fuel and oxygen and and and, and you got to keep stoking that fire triangle and as a christian we go through life and there's a lot of things that start to bring that level down on us every one of us including myself paul says you know what you got to fan this into a flame has anxiety or pressure made you timid for jesus christ has some type of hurt or bitterness stolen that joy or peace? The power to speak up or the love in your heart that can only come from Christ. See, you can ask God to fan the flame of the gift of the Spirit inside of you. You know, when they use the word a 10 for a human being, it normally means, well, there was a movie out called 10. They have Bo Derek or something in it. 10. <laughs> Bo Derek, you guys don't know who that is. When, when you're a 10, they're like, man, they're good looking. You know, they got, a, they got, a, they got abs like Pastor Evan. I mean, they, when they're a 10, they got a good body. They're good looking, right? And all of you, you're about nine and a halves. Yeah, she knows I lied. But here's the thing. and hey, no matter what you look like, it don't matter if you got a flabby belly, you could be a 10 for Jesus Christ. No doubt in my mind. And no doubt, you could be a roaring hot 10 for him. It all just depends on you. It all just depends on me. Heat produces electricity. It makes a car move. It cooks our food. And the power of the Holy Spirit with power and love and self-discipline makes you move, makes you effective. Don't try to be effective without it. I have here that... Uh, who wouldn't want pure gold, right? Because you know what heat does. If you watch any of the gold rush or gold movies, whenever they get all of this ore, this gold ore out of the ground, they, they use heat to purify it. And I looked up yesterday that 0.9999 uh, percentage of gold in an ounce of gold is worth $1,317. That was yesterday. Over $1,300. Who wouldn't want pure gold? Who wouldn't want to say, you know, I'll take an ounce of that. I don't want 50% gold and 50%, you know, just ore. I want, a, I want 0.99, I'd like 1,000%, but I don't know if that's possible. I don't, know. I don't know much about it. But you know how they got that way? They got that way through heat. They got that way through fire. That's how precious metals become worth something. And that is exactly how your heart, your life becomes worth something to God. If you let the fire burn out the dross. If you let the fire burn out the opposite of everything that Paul told us about. Fan the flame. On the back side of your notes is the song, Refiner's Fire. Candy's going to come. And she's going to play the song, Refiner's Fire. She's going to sing it. Which is going to give you an opportunity to come to the altar going to give you an opportunity. One of those, whatever it is that the Lord might have laid on your heart today. Because when I ask the question, who wouldn't want pure gold? I say, I would, and so would you. But I also know that so would God. He would want a pure heart. So if you've become a little lukewarm, if you kind of let some things come and begin to bother you, and to pull you back to a place and a position that You're just not roaring hot for Christ. Why don't you meet him at the altar? We'll play it quiet, we'll play it slow, but as you watch the words, as you look at the words in the song on the back there, maybe there'll be a certain set of words that will just speak to you. Matter of fact, I I love the one set of words here, refiner's fire, my heart's one desire, it's about the third stanza down, is to be holy, And holy means set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, Master, ready to do your will. At the altar today, maybe it's fear. Maybe you pray, Lord, set me free from fear. Fill me with your power so that I'm not afraid to open my mouth. Whenever you open a door, I'll open my mouth. Maybe it's bitterness for you, Lord. Will you take the hurt? Get it down in the root Fill me, Father God, with your love, not my love. Maybe it would be selfishness. You need to be self-disciplined. You can only do so much in of your own will. But if Jesus, by his Spirit, would empower you to be filled with self-control and selflessness, that natural tendency to go cold would get lit again. You bow your heads just for a second. Will you just talk to Jesus just for a second? And as candy begins to play and sing, as the Holy Spirit moves, if you won't listen to him to come to the altar, there's no reason to believe that you'd be able to fan the flame of the Spirit of God to become raw and hot. You move when the Spirit leads. Father, as we close this service, but open our service to you as we leave this place today. We hear the words of, uh, of the Spirit of God saying the same thing that uh, Timothy said to, uh, Paul said to Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying out of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us doesn't make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Father God, may we recognize your presence. Every one of us here today, you know, we just have a tendency to grow cold. It's been such a good reminder for me. It's so hard sometimes to speak to that certain, sometimes family can be such a tough one to speak to. Give us a boldness and a courage But help us to say what we say in love, not pushy, not like we're arrogant, but humbly speak about you, Jesus, the one who gave his life for us, I pray in Jesus' name.